set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet from 1996, directed by Baz Luhrmann. So guys, we're back with another month of movies to discuss. Um, So this month, I came up with a theme. Yes, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because you came to me and said, like, this seems like something I would pick, but you came to me and you were like, we want to, I want to pick something that's a little like style. You also said no substance. And I was like, but wait. (laughs) So most of these things have very long histories. So I just wanted to like, you know, get your, get your, um, my take yeah, like, what's your take? What were you thinking? My thought process? <laughs> yeah, because both of these movies are very stylish. Okay, so initially, my idea was it was tour season, and to me, tour season is all about, like, decadence and opulence and just lush, luxurious um, things. So I wanted to do very highly stylized movies. Um and I was trying to think of movies that kind of fit into those categories. Um, and I like did a little bit of research, but then I went back to movies that I really enjoyed um, visually. And I came up with Romeo plus Juliet or Romeo and Juliet, um, because this is one of the first movies that I remember watching and being like awestruck with how like the costuming, the set pieces and the overall look of the film. Um, and it, to me, like watching this movie that we're talking about on this episode as a, a youth, as a young child, like this was a film that just struck me. Um, this is like one of the first films that I watched that it was just something to feast my eyes. Like it was so much to take in, just so much to look at, especially with like the costuming, um, how each costume told a story with the characters. Um, so that's kind of how I landed on this particular film. And then I also thought about the next film that we're going to uh, talk about in the next episode, which is Marie Antoinette, because that's also like a highly stylized movie that I haven't seen in a while. I don't think I've seen that since it came out. Um, that is a little different than this one. Well, it's kind of similar but a little different. Um, it has a very unique sense of style in the way that the story is told, but I also haven't seen it in years. Um, and I'm interested in revisiting it. Okay. Um, so both these films have a rich history. Um, they're... I mean, there's a lot that goes into both of them. Like, I mean, just from like... Romeo and Juliet is, like, a genuinely, like, a I don't know, like, a 500-year-old story. <laughs> I was just looking at, like, aside from re- William Shakespeare, like, it was actually, like, a novella before that. So, like, like, this is, 
this is a long time in the work. Like, how many times has this been? <laughs> like, told made, and retold. Told. I mean, and there's a reason why. Like, obviously, um, like when you get stories like this that are told and retold for like, you know, centuries, there's a good reason. Um, but also, like, when <laughs> you're like, there's no substance. I was like, bitch, what? And then. <laughs> Marie Antoinette, like that goes back for also a long time because I remember trying to read a like biography of hers and like it starts way before she was even born with like her cousins and then you got like how the royal family because all the motherfuckers were somehow related and like <laughs> cousined up <laughs> I, was, I remember looking at family tree and i was like oh no i'm not about to get this i'm not about to understand this i'm not so i was very interested when you were like yeah style no substance i was like wait <laughs> that was Fun. my initial idea but then i was like mm, that's not gonna work because what i wanted wouldn't fit like because like some of the other ideas like that came to mind like you were like well we could watch belly and then i actually watched belly and i was like no oh no it's not (laughs) no it's very (laughs) you know what's funny is that belly is one of those movies where it is like it's iconic in the way that everybody sort of recognizes that opening shot. And I feel like one day we should talk about Belly. I think it'd be interesting. But um, but also, it's like one of those movies where... <laughs> where the, the gifts are better than the movie. And I... I we, we might have to end up talking about Belly. And... Because I'm, not- I might have to save my opinions on Belly for that possible future episode. <laughs> I mean, it's not good. That's the thing. I it's mean, not good. But like, it's it's because you know we should do like a music video director thing. That's what I'm hoping that we do. It's some sort of like music director um, pairing um, because I feel like you. Mu- Music video directors are really good short form, obviously, but then like once you get to long form, it gets a little bit of out of control <laughs> because it's clearly about the aesthetics and the aesthetics are great, but like you can't always hold like a whole ass movie like through aesthetics like you just can't because eventually you're just kind of okay, like what the fuck is the point and when is this going to be over? Yeah. That's how I kind of felt while watching Billy. <laughs> when it goes down that weird track, when we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, between the beginning and that part, I don't remember shit that happens between the two. Chaos. Um, Chaos, um, ridiculousness, um, insanity shenanigans <laughs> um but we have romeo and juliet um this is actually like one of my favorite like this is one of my favorite shakespeare plays um 
I have a couple of them. Like, Shakespeare has some bangers, y'all, like, as you know, because we continue yes. to tell these stories over and over. We continue to put these um, plays on, you know, got Shakespeare at the Park. You got um, Shakespeare on Broadway. You got, you can watch it at the, the movie theaters whenever they reopen. So got- it's endearing. You got a million adaptations of Shakespeare, too, because we could talk about how some of them um, have made their way into, like, random 90s movies. Mm-hmm. Like, some of my weird. favorites? Yes. Because isn't, like, isn't She's All That based on uh, Taming of the Shrew? That's like um, no, she's a all Greek that retelling. Of, of, one of them is based off of Pygmalion, which I don't know if that's Shakespeare. Shakespeare yeah. That's she's all that. But we have like 10 things I hate about you, um, which is Taming of the Shrew. We also have O. (laughs) I watched O, and that literally, I, you know what? Something about that movie kind of freaked me out. And I don't know what it was. You know what it was? It was that scene where they like, where he choked her. We were in bed together, and he was like choking her. And I was like, so what is this? And like at the time, I don't know, I had to be like 10 or 11 when I saw that. And so I was like, yo, a lot's going on. <laughs> oh, is intense. Othello is one of my other favorite plays. You like that really? Oh, the play or the movie? I, I like Othello the play. I I don't know why. Probably because it's fucked up. Like because I learned a little bit more about history through, um, lear- like, reading Othello. Right. Um, at the time when I was, like, in my Shakespeare um, phase. Where I, like, we read one play, and then I read a couple more. And then I, being a nerd, I would go do, like, independent research on stuff. So I yeah. learned a lot more about, like, the Moors. Um, and then... In yeah. learning about the Moors, I learned about like where they were, like in Spain, and um, their influence on Spanish like architecture, and that was yeah. something that was interesting to me. Yeah, being the, a nerd. I don't think I don't think the Spaniards um, really see it for any of that shit. They'll pretend like it never happened, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> like, bro, we see the architecture, we see we see the influence. Like, I know y'all don't think y'all just thought that up. I know they're, you know, I mean, racism got the girls moving funny all day, every day. (laughs) And then, like, Iago is just, like, a son of a bitch. I fucking hate Iago so much. I hate him. I mean, He's the worst. He's the worst kind of person ever. And also, like... And, like, being a young teenager, you like, what a cuckold is. Oh, yeah. Is that the first time that word came around? I watched, That's when I first learned it. We watched, we watched Othello randomly in, like, 10th grade, but we weren't actually even doing that. Like, we weren't reading that play. So it was kind of weird because I was like, why are we talking about this? Like, we had, like, we had, I had a weird situation in, in 10th grade. My teacher was going through it. So, um... I remember watching this video about this guy talking about how Shakespeare was like the greatest writer of all time, but he kept saying it. So I kind of like lost a lot of of what the whole meaning of the video was because I was like, you're repeating yourself a lot. Um, 
So I I remember watching it and being like, okay, like, yeah. But then all I could think of was O, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> and I kind of, like, also enjoy, like, Twelfth Night, which was the inspiration for She's the Man. I've never seen which... She's the Man. I feel like the entire internet has seen it aside from me. So this would also be interesting to do like a based off a of Shakespeare um, movie pairing because like, I don't know what the fuck Twelfth Night is about, actually. I haven't watched Seize the Man in a long time, so I have no idea how it holds up. The internet seems to like it a lot. It... I don't know if that's... Amanda like Bynes... Movie thing because you know what the apparently gen z really likes shit that we did like you know 10 12 years ago or whatever talking about look at them with no cell phones just living in the moment (laughs) (laughs) i was like we didn't have any cell phones because nobody could afford one you think i was out here not wanting a t-mobile sidekick i wanted one so bad oh sidekicks oh wow shit wasn't really that great back then like it was but it also wasn't so like enjoy this hellscape of a world that you've been given unfortunately but um that i think would be interesting i've never seen that movie i would also maybe like to watch well i don't really know anymore like hamlet related hamlet was always my shit i don't really know why hamlet just kind of spoke to me in a weird way um because this man was going through it he was going through it and he didn't know who to trust and it was kind of like, at one point, it was kind of like, nut up or shut up. Like, you're going you gonna <sighs> to tear this shit down, down to the, the foundations, or you're going to shut the fuck up about it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> but there's like a million ways to interpret it, which is also interesting. And also, we watched the Kenneth Branagh version, which is like, we should talk about how stylistically, um, some people are very um, free with their interpretations and some people are really by the text <laughs> it's in the scripture <laughs> for some people like have you, have you watched sh- the kenneth branagh um no adaption? girl when you want like by the book this like this man took out a sword so i'm about to say got a sword and listen nobody on this earth likes kenneth branagh more than or likes shakespeare more than kenneth branagh like I don't know what happened back when he was a child to make him just be like, this is the shit, but oh, Lord Jesus. Of course, it's always like written by, directed by, starring. <laughs> starring. <laughs> I just love that about him. He's going to I know that's his shit, though. I know this. I've watched, um, what's the one with, with Denzel Washington and Keanu Reeves? Um, is it A Midsummer Night's Dream? That's probably not right. But Keanu Reeves had really good um, facial hair. It was 90s Denzel Washington. I know you don't see it for Denzel Washington, but for the girls who do. Um, <laughs> like, it was very, um, it was a moment, you know? It was a moment, and I didn't know what the fuck we were talking about. Um, this is before, this is still when he was with um, with Emma Thompson, when Kenneth was still in with Emma Thompson. And so they were actually in that movie together. Um like early 90s i think that's probably the last Shakespearean adaptation i've watched and it's very like 
oh, this shit is in Italy or whatever the fuck. And we're going to be in Italy. <laughs> there would have been no Verona Beach or whatever. I don't think Kenneth could handle that. <laughs> Some people are purists. And that's respectable. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes it can be kind of like, damn, can you like just release your grip? Release the Kung Fu grip on this <laughs> story. The story is for everybody. But also, like, I guess I could, I mean, you know, he's probably like one of like the premier Shakespearean scholars out there. I'm sure, sure somebody's given him like an honorary doctorate on the situation. And then we have Baz Luhrmann's. Baz Luhrmann said, you know what? That's cute. <laughs> we go spice it up. We go spice this shit and. <laughs> We're going to bring it to 1996. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I did a thread on Twitter. If you don't follow us on Twitter, like, what are you doing? I also posted on Instagram, but like, what are you doing? Again, if you don't follow us there, um, about like the design behind it. Not super in depth um, because it's more about the costume designer. Her name is Kim Barrett. Um, and she's an Australian costume designer. And, like, her and a woman named Catherine Martin, which is actually Baz Luhrmann's wife. I don't think they were married at the time. I'm not sure. But she was the production designer. So they kind of paired up. I think they pretty much would probably work in hand-in-hand because, like, you can't design something production-wise and not have the costumes looking right because it would kind of look kind of stupid. <laughs> like, like, what century did you just blow out of? But, um... I mean, it's highly stylized. It's set in, quote-unquote, Verona Beach instead of just Verona. I used to think this is California, but then when I watched it, I realized it was definitely not in California. It's actually, most of it was shot in Mexico, some of it in Miami, and I think some of it in another part of Mexico, but for the most part, Mexico City, which I was like, when I realized the traffic and, like, some of the, the overhead shots of, like, the city, I was like, no, this is definitely Mexico City. Um... Which is also interesting because there's a lot of like, um, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of religious imagery in it, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's also some like, like Mexican religious imagery. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've, I could tell, mainly I was thinking of like Tybalt and his crew with like (gasps) the little skull costumes and their whole like look, it felt very... Um, it's very sleek compared to Ew. the, the Capulets. <laughs> Capulets look like they just washed up on the beach, even though they're also rich <laughs> or rich adjacent. Um, but the whole thing is with this, um, version of the story, which I think is one of the more updated versions. I don't really know. I've only seen this version in like the 1966 version or 60, the 1960s version. Did they play that for you in two. school? Yes, like oh. in ninth grade when we were learning about this play. Yes. I was yes. excited because I thought we were going to watch this one. But oh. in retrospect, oh. <laughs> what teacher was going to let a bunch of kids watch this this one with all this gun violence in but school? See, I, I feel like they should have. I feel like they should have because... Like, for me, the costumes and, like, the thing about this movie is, like, when you have it in something that feels familiar, then you can kind of get into the story more because you can kind of put yourself into, like, okay, this is, like, 
Like, this isn't some far-off kingdom, you know, four or five, six hundred years ago. Like, this is (laughs) now-ish. Although, like, this movie still looks pretty contemporary for being made in the 90s, other than the fact that there are no cell phones. But, um, like, I feel like it helps you get into the story more when there's, there's people who kind of look maybe similar to you, maybe not, or they might dress similar to you, even though they're not talking anything like you would be, <laughs> like, we're not using the same words. Like, I mean, this is still, like, Elizabethan uh, English. Like, this isn't even the modern version of the story because you can, I was on, I was on some website today trying to figure out what Mercutio was talking about, and I was like, there was, like, a, like, the, the original version, and there was, like, the modern-day version. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was like, Rikisho's going ham. I don't understand why. <laughs> like, and so they kind of, it's almost like when you get like the, the new, what was it? The new international version of the Bible um, <laughs> from the King James Version. It's kind of like that. But like, um, I feel like it helps at least sort of ground you just a little bit in the story. Like, okay. Like, they're obviously like two different gangs of like, you know, they don't like each other. They're very different. You can tell by their outfits. And um, and even if you don't entirely know, like, every single word and, like, the meaning of every word, like, everything is kind of working to kind of help you out. Um, and it's just not boring. Like, even if you start, like, oh, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, let me look at the scenery <laughs> in the yeah. background. And it helps. So this is the reason why I like this version. Um, and I wish they would have played this because I don't think I knew this existed until like I had like graduated school. So like I, me and Ashley were talking about this like before we start recording, but I was aware of Leonardo DiCaprio like as a kid and she was aware of him later on his in his career. But like for me, the first time I saw this, I was like, and it was like 1996. So I was a little kid watching this and being like, yo, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> like, I, like, I had no idea what anybody was talking about. I was just like watching for like the aesthetics, like watching for what's happening. Like, oh my God, they're kissing, like stuff like that. I mean, I didn't know. But like, when we learned it in school, it was closer. Like, it was like later on, and we like broke it down and learned all about like what was going on and made it more digestible. So when I went back to watch it around that time, I was like, okay, this makes more sense. And, yeah, there was absolutely no way we could have watched this version um, in school around the time that we learned this. Because it was, like, late 90s, early aughts, when a lot of wild stuff was happening. So, yeah, it was closer to, like, 1999, 2001, in that realm. So we could was it really? Because let, let's not forget, Brittany is not that much older than me. <laughs> so she'd be acting like she was born like in 1950 when she was actually not that born. Not, not, not born not long before I was. Because I think when I watched, I think we read this when I was in eighth grade. 
And I think that we did like oh two oh three. Oh, or maybe Ooh, ninth. I learned about this ninth grade in ninth grade. I think I was in ninth grade when I watched when I read this. She didn't break it down for us, and she actually hated me. <laughs> my, my English teacher hated me so much. I don't think I had a single single English teacher who liked me, which is fine. Um, <laughs> none of my teachers really saw it for me, uh, so <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but we watched the '60s version, and you actually see somebody's butt in that movie. I'm pretty sure it's Juliet's butt. Oh, I didn't know you were seeing cheeks in the movie. Yeah, and I was like, that butt looked very clean. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the shadows on her butt are doing a little bit much. <laughs> I was like, and it was such a long scene too, because it's like when I think it's like I think it's Juliet's butt, and like, cause you know what, they don't really be showing men, but and so like Juliet, no, Romeo gets out of bed and he's like looking out the window, and, and I don't know, he's talking about whatever the hell he's talking about, and like. This movie doesn't even have any nudity. Just a lot of violence. I mean, I live in Texas. They don't give a fuck down here. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been fine. So, um, I guess, I mean, I guess I could talk a little bit about the costumes, even though, like, on my thread, like, I mean, obviously, y'all should have read it. Um, I put a lot of work in those. So, um, those... Like, even the slacker, like, the Montague. So, the Capulets look really slick. Um, even though it's really just, like, Tybalt and his crew. Like, the Capulets overall, like, I don't think they be looking really that great. Like, Lady Capulet be killing, looking kind of busted. I mean, I feel like she got something going on. I think it's, like, a generational thing. Because they were t- I feel like I read in something. Some I was doing a lot of research. And trying to find pictures that like the older Capulets are kind of like very, you know, traditional. And then, um, like the younger ones are kind of more like, it's like, you know, mindless teenage rebellion or whatever. Uh, but like (laughs) also the fact that the, like Tibble and his crew are like (laughs) the Latinos of the group. And then, like, <laughs> the rest of the Capulets are white. <laughs> Just like, oh. Except for the nurse, who was played by Miriam Margles, but she, who's British. But she's supposed yeah. to be somebody's Latina. I don't know which one. I just realized yeah. that because she kept calling her Juliet, and I was like, okay, wait. So <laughs> I was like, hold on. What a, wait a second. That's Professor Sprout. <laughs> like, wait. That is Professor Sprout. Beep. Yeah. That's Miss Miriam. The more you know. I never connected those dots. I yeah, honestly that's I was like, try not to think about Harry Potter too much. I mean, that's not just the only thing I've I've seen her in, but she's like, I mean, she's a pretty prominent British actress because I've seen her on like talk shows and stuff. Like, I feel like she comes on the Graham or goes on the Graham Norton show fairly regularly, or at least she has before. So I was kind of looking, I was like, nah, that's, I know who that is. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, Tibble and his, you know, Little set, they got the really cute. Like, I feel like they're super western, like Ooh, way more western than those boots and those the, finger waves. F- 
finger waves. It almost feels, I don't know. I don't want to say matador. That's not the right reference, but it's very like sleek. Um, you know, the hair is very, you know, all in place. Uh, of course, the boots, like Brittany mentioned, they got, because he's supposed to be the Prince of Cats or whatever. And then, um, and so he's got like, they. I think all of them have little like, some sort of wild cat on the back of their, the heel of their boots, like in metal, because their, their boots are like encased in metal or like the heels of them. And then they've got like, um, I guess it's like the Virgin Mary on their outfits and one guy has like a grill that says sin it's not my kind of grill i like a little bit more of like a sculpt you know you know a tv johnny <laughs> type grill <laughs> this one kind of looked like a mouth guard mm-hmm. it had a little mouth guard this, but like it said sin which i thought was cute somebody had like a, a cross um shaved into their head um, and then in comparison, like the Montagues look like surfers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know why, like the difference between, I mean, to me, they, they're kind of like two sides of the same coin. Cause you know, we never figure out why they don't like each other. It doesn't really matter. Um, but they're, you know, it's kind of one of those on-site rivalries and the Montagues are wearing like Hawaiian shirts which when you really look at it, at first I was like, okay, this is cute, like Hawaiian shirt. But when you really look at it, like it got like flaming hearts and more like religious imagery um, painted. And those shirts are like by Prada. And then the Capulets are, all their outfits are by like Dolce and Gabbana or D&G, like their old line. Um, so they're all like, it's still luxury. <laughs> it's just luxury in slacker form, which I think is very funny. Um, that's like peak 90s. Like, remember everybody's doing, like, grunge, but it was, like, grunge um, via the runway? Kind of like now. Yeah, everybody's kind of wearing, like, ripped up jeans, but they're, like, $50. And I'm like, just go rip them shits yourself. <laughs> ripped like, jeans, distressed jeans. I don't know if anybody's kind of look like they kind of don't. I mean, like, hand-me-downs. Are we still doing the hand-me-down look? Um, I don't know. I haven't been outside. <laughs> Girl, okay. okay. I mean, it's always Instagram, but okay. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I don't know. <gasps> what happened? Nothing. Um, <laughs> I got excited about something, but don't worry about it. You what? I got excited about something, but don't worry about it. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, any kind of joy here in these, um unprecedented times (laughs) (laughs) um and what else about the okay so i mean romeo's crew the you know the montagues they've got like pink hair jesse uh or not jesse sorry jamie kennedy has like the perfect shade of pink hair that i've been chasing my entire life and i had very briefly in the summer of like 2016 (laughs) or 2015 i can't remember and uh (laughs) <laughs> like I mean one guy has Montague tattooed on the back of his head um and then we have like you know see-through shirts everybody's got a gun holster on um cause Benvolio or Benvolio has like the um 
He's got like his, there's like no, like he's got that button up shirt on, but then he has a gun holster. I was like, this is a good look. This is a good look. And then fucking one of them didn't have a shirt on at all. I feel like like it was Mercutio, but also I can't remember. I know Mercutio had like his see-through shirt. Ooh, his organza. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to, um, is it Harold Pinero? Pin? Yes. Pinero? Yes. He was the only Mercutio as far as everybody's concerned. Because, I mean, like, he came up on the scene in drag. <laughs> so we're going to do drugs tonight. You're going to forget that, bitch. <laughs> and we're going to get lit. Um. So, I mean, that's basically their wardrobes. Like, Juliet and, and Romeo are kind of, like, more low-key in comparison. Um, they're, like, more muted colors. Um, and then Juliet's like a youth. <laughs> so she's kind of in her really boring outfits, except for that really cute sailor outfit she showed up to the, uh, the church in when she was about to let the shop sing. <laughs> that was a cute outfit. Um, she was dressed like olive oil. Girl, no, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. <laughs> she had that cute little beret and she was in all black. Probably because she, she was her failed woo, marriage. She was ready. She was threatening. Yeah, she said I She was ready. This. You know how people are like, I'll I'll kill us all. <laughs> you fuck around, I'll kill us both. <laughs> like that she that meant was, it. She that was that was the way she was on at that moment in her life. <laughs> so, this it's kind of um i mean we can go through the movie but also like i mean you're not gonna get like in-depth analysis because i still don't really honestly like i understand about like 70 percent of what okay so basically we are not your ninth grade english teachers i'm not anybody's teacher not ninth grade not so we don't no, all I all I really know what set everything in motion for like the first confrontation between. Okay, I mean, first I want to start. About, let's talk with about... like the the opening with oh, the framing device with the TV with the news it's, report. It's so MTV. Did it feel like fucking like MTV news? Like Kurt Loader was about to say <laughs> somebody's died. <laughs> Kurt Loader. I think he just turned like 72 or something. He is very elderly. Bless him. <laughs> uh. He was giving us the, the lowdown. Giving us kids the lowdown. Because I swear to God I remember him doing an interview with Arctic Monkeys like one of their very first like stateside interviews and they were like low-key hard-headed because they were low-key hard-headed about everything. But he was really excited about them. And I cannot find it because, like, whatever MTV... The thing about MTV is, I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's MTV. I don't know if it's Viacom. But, like, I know, like, y'all couldn't have fumbled it that bad to where your entire archive is just, like, locked up somewhere. Uh, they... They did. And somebody said, like, of course, because MTV is mostly music, that, of course, licensing all that and all their old shows and, and all that stuff is really hard to do and I get that but like you are one of the premier archival (laughs) like 
<laughs> if we wanted any sort of archival, like archive of like youth history, you would think you could go to MTV <laughs> for the last almost like four, like forty years of 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 stuff, like between like nineteen eighty and like nineteen what nine no like two thousand and let's say 2010, let's just cut it there <laughs> when I stopped being relevant. Probably earlier than that, but y'all have nothing? Mm. But I really like this because, like, I mean, of course the kids don't know, but, like, I feel like their whole sort of old style, I mean, at that point it was very contemporary, but, like, it just felt very MTV. Like, this is for the kids. This is for the youth. This is not for you... Um, professor of of theater. <laughs> this is for this is for the kids. And the news reporter's like, "Yes, for the next two hours, we about to tell you what happened, girl." Yeah, and so I was she like, went "Down." She had the tea. She knew. And I was like, "Okay, two hours for real? Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I guess I'm strapped in for two hours." Yeah, I know. And guess what, y'all? It's exactly two. It's two hours for real. It and is I, exactly I like that part. I like that. You know, I like when they tell you and you don't get surprised. And you're like, oh, God damn, this is three hours long. <laughs> this shit could have easily been three hours long, I bet you. I mean. I don't know how long the play is. Three days. <laughs> I mean, performance-wise, like on stage. I mean, the play probably about, probably about two hours. You got a little intermission. Take a little yeah. nappy nap. Get some snacks. Yeah. I know they've cut out some parts of this or they've changed some things in this um, version versus the original version. Um, probably for like, I guess, so it makes more sense or I don't know. I'll have to look through it. But um, yeah. Make it more relatable you... to the youth. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes you're just like, man, that doesn't make any sense <laughs> regarding like our audience and, and who's going to be watching this. Like, let's. Let's make this make some damn sense. So, like, she gives us that little that little bit. And then we start getting a lot of, like, really... You know what this editing remind me of was... Um, was Edgar Wright? Yeah, this, wait. Like, beginning scene? Yeah. Not the, not the TV scene, but, like, with... With the Montagues, and then they roll up on the Capulets, and they have their big fight and stuff. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was um that seemed very almost cartoonish in a way but before we get to them we got the police chief who was like these fucking kids <laughs> they be in my city and they fighting all the goddamn time and i can't deal with it he is tired yes i think originally in the in the play he's a prince he doesn't really have mm-hmm. a name he's supposed to be uh Paris's Prince Paris's cousin. Um but in this one he's the um chief of police and he's basically like god damn these these two families are tearing this shit apart and I can't I can't I can't I can't with them. And so we roll up and we see the Montagues they're out here riding around. Do they have jobs? No. Um <laughs> Do they need jobs? No. Probably not. <laughs> Which I don't know. Was it made clear that they were supposed to be different mafia factions? That's what I assumed. I never assumed it. I think because, like, you see, like, either 
Like, both families have big-ass buildings with their names on it, um, although we don't really know what they do. Um, I assume they were, like, business, quote-unquote, business men. Yeah, which I think is what I read. But there's nothing really to support that in the actual movie, even though they all have guns. They all have guns because... Guns are way easier than daggers and swords. Although one of my favorite tweets. That's the name of their guns. Yes. One of my favorite tweets. I cannot find it right now. I'm going to have to see if I can find it to post it if I can. But um, one of my favorite tweets was like, they were talking about this movie. And they're like, I saw the word dagger printed on the gun instead of there being an actual dagger. And it was then I knew Cooper sucked. (laughs) (laughs) so they all have these really pretty guns that's pretty much the only time you'll ever hear me actually ever say those words together pretty guns and actually do you know there's an internet movie gun database what does it does it keep track of like guns and movies i think so or i don't know if it's internet movie gun i think it might be internet gun but I I was looking for pictures and I kept stumbling upon this website but I didn't go on it because I was like listen I don't we don't need to invite certain things into our households and we're gonna keep that over there so I didn't really get to look at it but I'm sure they like catalog like probably a lot of action movies like which kind of gun is being used and I'm sure they're having a field day with like John Wick so um I don't really know what these guns are called. That really doesn't matter. The point is, they're very beautiful. They've also got Virgin Marys on them, which, I mean, is that not sacrilege? Um, Is it not to, I mean... I mean, y'all keep playing. Y'all finna meet her son. Boom. <laughs> well, they don't give a damn. They've, they've taken the Virgin Mary as their own. And so... I don't know. They get into a gas station. Like I said, it's an on-site rivalry. There ha- there doesn't need to be a real reason. The reason could be anything, honestly. She looked at me funny. He stepped on my shoes. I don't like the way that his hair looks today. I don't like the fact that we got the same pants on. Like, it's just one of those on-site things where you just want to go swing on somebody. At the gas station incident, from my knowledge, I, hopefully, let me make sure I'm right. I'm gonna do my Googles real quick. Uh huh. Right. Do, 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 um. Do, okay. Do, do. I'm gonna make sure I'm right. Do, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, I am right. I am correct. Okay. So the gas station incident. So the Montagues and the Capulets are like. Pulling up to the same gas station. A mistake. Yes. I guess there's only one gas station in town. <laughs> or yeah, I mean, like, as big as Verona is. <laughs> like, wrong time. Like, wrong timing. Um, yeah. But this confrontation is kind of, like, egged on by um, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, who plays who, Samson? Which is funny to me. He is fucking around because he's playing with them. He is playing. He's like, I bet y'all I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm going to bite my thumb at y'all. Like, I 
but I'm going to do it and I bet they ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to do it, which is the equivalent of me like flipping them off. So he like escalates the situation by essentially like um, flipping off the um, Tibble Nim and <laughs> basically causing a gas station explosion. Yeah, there was a lot that happened. Like, it escalated very quickly. Like, it went from, I'm going to do this thing. Well, actually, too, like, the, I feel, his name is Abra? I feel like his name is Abra. Oh, like, Abra. Abra. That's the one with the grill. He's very confused. Yes, it is. And the finger was. And he's so dreamy. He's, he's so cute. <laughs> he's my favorite. He's your favorite. <laughs> yes. And like, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to say that on air. Never mind. Keep oh, going. Okay. Keep going. Well, I mean, Keep if y'all going. watch the movie, y'all will know um, how Brittany feels. So, so I think he gives him kind of like a boo, like, oh, you shook. And then, you know, Jamie Kennedy, a.k.a. Samson, which is, again, funny to me. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bite my thumb at you. <laughs> And then it turns into, oh, yeah, I did it, to like, oh, well, uh, is it going to be some issue if I did? He's like, <laughs> I think it's um, Benvolio who's like, yeah, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I didn't do it, but I did it. <laughs> like, I was like, y'all ain't got to do all this. Like, y'all don't have to do. Y'all have to do this. And so it just turns into like a hot ass mess. There's women stuck in the taxi beating up on Jamie Kennedy um, Tibble comes out the gas station, basically on his, I will fuck you all up. Tibble is also kind of hot in this whole movie, kind of dangerous, kind of scary, just kind of, woo! <laughs> he, I think he's like one of the, because he's the more flashy of, of all of them. He, he seems like the leader of, of the troublemakers. On the Capulet mm-hmm. side. Um, and he's got like real nice slick back hair. Real nice little kind of vest situation. Got a little mustache. A little mustache. I love when he came out and I was like, he sounds exactly like John Leguizamo. Because <laughs> also there's no British accents. Like everybody's speaking in their real accent. Which is a nice change because every Shakespearean play is, regardless of, of, well I don't know if every Shakespearean play, but I feel like a lot of them, regardless of setting um are usually done with british accents and probably because this is a british playwright but like at the same time i'm like y'all are i mean we got we got italy we got denmark we got scotland (laughs) somehow everybody seems like they take tea with the queen (laughs) So, so everybody's speaking normally so John Leguizamo definitely still sounds like he is from New York, <laughs> but he sounds great and he looks great and he is definitely like, I don't give a fuck what's going on. If y'all want it, y'all can get it. And they have a fight. I feel like one of them, I don't remember his name, big tall, um, bald dude on the Capulet side. No, on the Montague side, he gets hit in the shoulder. As they're driving oh, away. Mm. 
So, I mean, shit is going down. And then, is there like a, like a chase? Um, sort of. Something happens where the police chief is like, listen, I can't deal with this shit no more. If y'all keep doing this, is there going to, I don't know what he said the punishment is going to be. But he's basically like, I no, we're not doing this in my city no more. Like, if y'all keep doing this shit, like we're like something's gonna happen. Like, there will be consequences. Because he calls both like, I guess, Lord uh Montague and Capulet. And I think Tibble and Benvolio are in the background kind of being like they're like in the police station. It's like when your fucking stupid kids are like do whatever the fuck. They um <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel a, a little elderly myself, like oh. Kurt Loader. Sorry. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> um. So like he threatens him, like y'all. Hey, y'all gotta cut that shit out, or there will be hell to play. Basically, like shooting at each other in public. You shooting at a gas station. I think the gas station exploded. Um, like y'all endanger y'all are endangering lives. It's not just y'all living in here, in this city. Like there's other people who don't give a fuck about any of this. <laughs> <laughs> like leave them alone. Yeah, like you blew up a gas station, bro. People was inside. Yeah, people were trying to get their snacks. Like, I could have been getting a Baja Blast inside. I could have been getting an Arizona tea and have lost my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody wanted to fight. And Tibble, remember, you see this part when Tibble pulled the gun on the kid? Yes. It was like, was like bang. I was like, <gasps> I was like, you can't. Okay, so he's not going to play play. Like, he's not somebody that you joke around with. <laughs> Because the kid pulled, like, a gun on, like, a little play gun on him. And he pulled a real gun out on a little boy. He's like, I will blow your head off. <laughs> like, I was oh. like, <gasps> I was like, okay, ease it, on, ease it back. Ease that shit back. <laughs> <And> so, so <laughs> I think what happens next, like, they, they go to, like, is this is, like, at the pool hall? Part. Oh yeah, they send they send Benvolio over to um, Romeo because Romeo is just oh they're talking about him. He was at the Sycamore Grove or whatever, which I like how it wasn't like some forest or whatever. Like it was just like a pool hall slash like uh, I guess like a fairground type of thing. But there's tax workers and drug dealers maybe. Yeah. There's a lot happening at the Sycamore Grove. So, uh, I think they're like, hey, he ain't really been doing so well. We don't really know what's going on, but he's just going through it. So, can you just go check up on him? Like, we just don't know. He's just being emo. And he is. He's being emo. We see um, young Romeo played by a very youthful, very svelte uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Mm-hmm. Sporting every white boy's 90s haircut. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a moment. Yeah, everybody had that. Everybody had that haircut. Like, everybody everyone. Everybody had the long, 
it wasn't super like to your shoulders, but it wasn't a bowl necessarily either. I can think of like Brad Renfro in Huck and Finn. That's what's coming to me. But like literally everybody. Mm-hmm. You got your like, Sean Hunters. You got your Devin Salas. You got mm-hmm. your Gregory Smiths. I feel like the prototype was probably River Phoenix, who, mm-hmm. like, who everybody kind of is like, hey, yo, Leonardo, you owe a lot to young man <laughs> over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like he's very, um, I actually don't really know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> so I feel like this. Okay. So this Romeo. Emo. Emo child. Is- he is, I believe this is when he is having a conversation about Rosaline. Well, he's writing that little book. And he like, oh, because I feel like he's kind of having like, a, oh, can't we just get along type moment. But like, also like the world is cruel and awful or, you know, like he was kind of having like a little introspective moment. And then he mentions like, they mention the party and then he tar- starts talking about, oh, I can see Rosaline. Because he also is in love with her. Yeah, so the problem is, <laughs> which it took me forever to realize, like, this is what was going on with him. I always miss this part, like, in every, like, viewing of this of this story that I've ever <laughs> read, watched, or whatever, um, is that, so Romeo's going through it. Um, we figure out the reason why he's going through it really is that he's in love with somebody named Rosaline, who we never see from what I remember. But she doesn't, like, it's unrequited. He's into her. She ain't really into him. Um, She's trying to stay chaste as well. Which I was like, is she going to be a nun? Like, I don't know if that's what that means or or what, like, what does that spell for Romeo? And Bolio is like, hey, bruh, like, you know, it's, I mean, it's not that bad. Like, let's just hang out. We can go to this party later. And I think they see, like, a... They announced it on the news or something. <laughs> it, was like, it was that lady from um from the Adams Family Values. I can't remember her name. She was the um what's the blonde girl from Adams Family Values? The one that was talking all that shit. Um that bully Wednesday? Yeah. What the fuck was her name? Uh, I know who you're talking about. I, I know. Yeah. Okay. So if y'all know who I'm talking about, uh, oh, I think her name is Beck. Not Becky. No. Oh, Amanda. Was it Amanda? I think her name was Amanda. It doesn't matter. She was like this white girl. She was talking a lot of shit, but her mother was like a red-haired lady, and I remember because she had the same smile, and I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that lady. I don't know what this lady's name is, but basically, they were talking about like, oh yeah, like come through. Um, we got some people. Uh, cousins of Rosaline might be there or whatever. Like, if you're not with, like, a Montague, like, come through. Which I was like, that seems like a bad idea to announce on TV, but you know what? Whatever, it's a movie. And so, um, they decide, like, they're gonna take Romeo to this party. So he can just, like, basically, it's like the whole, you know, to get over somebody, you gotta get under somebody. (laughs) Type of thing. But also, like, man, it's not that big of a deal. You'd be fine. And so it's a costume party. It's also a Capulet party. They're, like, not supposed to be there. So they come in disguise. And before they go to the party, they all meet up. 
um, somewhere. I guess it's Sycamore Grove. And, like, everybody's in their costumes. Mercutio shows up. Just as a woman. I don't even... Was he just, like, a woman? It wasn't even, like, a, like a specific woman? No. He just said, I just feel the moment today. Just mm-hmm. feeling fantasy. Feeling fantasy. And he shows up. I think... The rest of the Montagues are like Vikings or something or some sort of, they all have like horns or whatever. And Montague's just, or sorry, Romeo is just like a knight. Like mm-hmm. he's got a very simple outfit on. And uh, they, <laughs> why does Mercutio just start going off? <laughs> I had to Google this speech. And I still don't really understand what the hell he was going through. Because he was talking about like Queen Mab, who I guess is like a fairy who, like, invades people's dreams and, like, oh, if you're, like, thinking about this, like, she'll make you dream about it or something. And so he starts talking about love and then he starts talking about soldiers dreaming of, like, killing people. And I was like, whoa, it's taking a turn. <laughs> it is taking a turn. And Romeo's just like, okay, you gotta chill out. Like, just give me the drugs. <laughs> like, you don't have to do anymore. Give me the motherfucking drugs. And so this being a 90s movie, um, Ecstasy? Is the drug of choice. Mm-hmm. You know, good for all your raves and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Which I was like, why would you take ecstasy when it's like something as intense as this party? But you know what? Y'all are young. <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah. And um, I liked like the drug party scene, but a lot of weird stuff happened. I wasn't catching some of it because some of it was moving so fast. I didn't know what the fuck was so, happening. So, um, I watched this movie like twice. Um, at first, I was like, okay. But one thing I thought I saw, but I'm not sure if I saw it. Like, okay, so a lot of things happened like during the party. Um, but okay. So, before we get to like the actual party, while this is happening for, like, Romeo, while he's getting ready for the party, um, we're introduced to, like, Juliet and Juliet's mom, who is really on her case about attending the party because of, um, they, she wants her to meet Dave Paris, who is played by Paul Rudd, who is, um, the governor's son. Oh, and Paul. She, uh, she wants Juliet to make a very good impression on this young man. So basically, like, you can marry off your, like, 17-year-old daughter to this man. Um, that's essentially what this is all about. Um, yeah, I don't know how old we were talking about this before because the ages of the original characters are very, very, very wide. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. Juliet's supposed to be, like, 13 going on 14. And then mm-hmm. I don't, Romeo's supposed to be, like, mid to late 20s, which in the Elizabethan time... I mean, this is kind of still far for Elizabethan time because I was telling Brittany that, like, I think 18 was supposed to be, like, the prime age because, she, I guess, anything before that, like, they thought, like, if you had... Like, got married or had a baby, like, your baby would come out stunted and, like, all kinds of things would fuck you up and, like, you would be fucked up. Um, both, like, male and female. <laughs> like, and so, like, the choice ages were, like, 20, like, for marriage. 
there's 20 years old for women and 30 years old for men. Um, and these, these times we're like, no, that's gross. But like at that point in time, it's kind of like, oh, you're done with childhood and he's done and he's got money now. And so he can take care of you, I guess. Like, I, I guess that's what the, what the thought process was. Cause like the women definitely were not going to school or, I mean, what else were you going to do after you grow up as a woman? You're just going to sit there and wait for somebody to marry you. And eventually mm. you get too old for somebody to marry you, which is also crazy. I mean, yeah, I guess. That happened a lot. It's really weird. It's very odd. Um, but I mean, like, remem- remembering it, this was like, you know, I think maybe half a century ago now. So it's still weird, but um, I don't even know how old Paris is supposed to be because he's like, oh, yeah, she, I mean, she are, she old enough. And the dad was like, no, she not. I'm like, okay, your dad is like, no, she's not old enough. Like, you got to sit down. <laughs> like, because then eventually her dad is like, you got to get the fuck out. You and Paris, go, <laughs> go for it. But at the time, you know, he's like, nah, she's still young. Like, we don't want to send her out there too early. That might be detrimental to her or whatever. And Paris is just, like, kind of being, like, a kiss-ass. Paul Rudd makes a great kiss-ass. Yeah. Paul Rudd is... He's great. He's he's pretty great. I mean, I don't have a problem with them. I just think it's funny because I was like, damn, kiss up a little harder, damn. I think also it's probably because of his role as like he's probably going to be like future governor or whatever future politician. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he was like on the cover of like a Time mag magazine. Um, oh, I missed that part. Um, when the mom is like getting dressed for oh, the costume yeah, party, he's like was, on the Time. I didn't realize that was Time. I realized there. Yeah, there was like a picture of him, but I didn't realize it was Time magazine. Mm-hmm. There's so much to look at this movie. Like, you have to watch this movie at least like, a few times. And I tried to watch it again today, but <sighs> Brittany has already heard my story. <laughs> 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 I won't bore y'all with the details. But, yeah. And, you know, governors, too, like, or at least politicians in general, like, usually people look at them sideways if they're not married. Mm-hmm. We never had a president who wasn't married. Mm-hmm. Like, so. look what Cory Booker had to do to, like, run for president. Are they still together? I hope not. Free yourself, <laughs> Bay. Free yourself, Bay. And I'm not talking about Cory Booker. No, yeah. No, you could do way better. But then, you know what? <laughs> you know what's so funny is that she went from <laughs> she went from Eric Andre <laughs> to Cory Booker. That is like girl. Ah! Like that is who child. Ah. I, I love Eric Andre. That's just such a funny leap to me. <laughs> that is that's that's a wild transition. Like <laughs> I can't. That's like going from like I can't even describe it. Like I can't cuz <laughs> that's like <laughs> The hardest it part. gave me whiplash thinking about it. Like, 
it's like the hardest jump in Mario where you keep jumping <laughs> and then you fall and then you eventually make it. But then you realize it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> and you're stuck with this swaggerless man forever. So, oh God, for yourself. So, <laughs> so I think, and they're both making a big deal about this, right? It's like her mother well not really the dad at the at the time but lady capulet's like hey yo you need to look at this picture this guy's gonna be at this party like get on that basically while she's also getting dressed for this party that's starting at like i don't know like seven o'clock it has to be midday she's already in this Mm -hmm. like ridiculous fucking cleopatra outfit i yeah i didn't like her outfit i didn't like her outfit but i like like the corset underneath like the undergarments i was like mm-hmm. yes like in the robe uh, when she was getting ready too. it might have been the wig too you know how i feel about wigs yeah Whatever. like her foundations under the costume i was like i would wear that <laughs> okay yeah i mean like the costumes i saw at the party for the most part were pretty fun um so the party gets underway and I think, like, Lady... So, Lady Capulet is, like, Cleopatra. Um, Lord Capulet is... Um, like an emperor. Yeah, he's kind of got this Julius... Not Julius... Oh, maybe Julius Caesar. Uh, see, uh, some Roman emperor, emperor kind of swag. Because I think he's got the little flower... Like, the little... The laurels in his hair, too. Mm-hmm. Over his ears or something. So, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of people there... The um, Montagues sneak in because, well, like, Romeo had a mask on. I don't know about the rest of them. I think they had, like, weird plastic things that made their faces look weird. And then Mercutio was like, fuck it, I don't care. And he takes over the whole goddamn party where his little dance number. I'm mm-hmm. like, how do you take over somebody's party with your own <laughs> song and dance? And, like, one thing I thought I saw. Yes, Okay. One thing I thought I saw while, like, Romeo was, like, rolling. Um, he was. He was. <laughs> bitch, I might be. <laughs> um, during, like, the dance number, Tybalt and Lady Capulet, like, kiss. That's weird because that's supposed to be her nephew. Exactly. And I was like, wait. And then later on in the movie, I was like, wait. Some what's going on but um what is in the milk it's not clean um but they kiss during that scene like they're dancing together and they kiss and like um romeo is like real messed up and um lord capula is like kissing other folks and it's just like a lot of stuff happening and then romeo's like bruh i need to simmer down so he knows not that i would know i mean i feel like i've talked about this in another episode but like not that i have any firsthand knowledge but like you're supposed to be drinking water (laughs) you're supposed to stay hydrated with all that you can't just be jumping into situations Mm -hmm. it look it look hot like you're gonna overheat breath yeah you're overheating you're in armor and he just dunks his face in some like little sink this little gaudy looking sink um in the bathroom, which is, like, this gigantic thing. And, you know, he's, you know, kind of 
trying to get himself together and he's looking through the fish tank and all of a sudden he sees this girl looking back at him. Mm-hmm. He's like, Bitch, And it's up. fair Juliet. It is Juliet. She's just like an angel. God bless her. <laughs> and they're kind of looking at each other and then the nurse is like, hey girl, come on, come on, come on, come on. And the, he just starts on this like search for her, which I was like, okay, so Romeo... You're in a Capulet's house. <laughs> why you can't be you... doing all this. First of all, why would you think that she was a Capulet? Like, what, what, like, what part of that part, like, what part of the memo did you not get? I, he, he don't be thinking. He I really like, doesn't think no, about gosh. much. No, he, he, told, he's like a, he's like a real sensitive boy, man. And... <laughs> In this movie, what what age did you put them in this movie? I would say Juliet is about seventeen, yeah, and Romeo is probably about like eighteen. Yeah, I feel like he's like in his late teens, early twenties, and she's definitely in her like late teens. Like you need to, you on the cusp of needing to like get your shit together because like you can see like in her room with all those like angels and like. Her room looks very childlike in a way, probably because she don't really have a lot of experience outside. I don't know if she ever leaves her house. It doesn't sound like it. Her house is very big as well, so like, would she ever need to? But um, yeah, for y'all to be at this party and not realize that y'all are on—I mean, like, she might not realize you're on Amity Faction, but like, why wouldn't you think that? Like everybody knows. Oh. Like everybody knows that's it's Romeo. Territory. Well, yeah, Tybalt sees him because when he takes off his mask, he's just running around. The- I was like, okay, are you still high? Because like, you should put that thing back on before y'all shoot each other in this house. And he's running around, and Tybalt's like, well, how dare he run up in my people's house? And he's ready to fucking fight. Because, like I said, mm-hmm. it's on site with him. Mm-hmm. Think of the friend that always is like, I'm gonna bust this bitch's head open. Like, that's the one. Like, when you go out to the club or whatever, like, you always have to watch her because she's about to fight in the mic. That's Tybalt. Mm-hmm. And those are not fun people. I mean, they're fun sometimes, but like, when you have to jump in, like, I don't wanna jump in the fight. That's when it becomes. Not all the time. Like, not every not day. I mean, sometimes I'm just trying to enjoy myself. <laughs> but Tybalt is mad. He's just like the devil, which I love. And his. His crew is also kind of like, they're not painted like sugar skulls, but like they kind of got like this whole they're, sort of skeleton type thing. Mm-hmm. It's, very it's really cool. cool. Yeah, they got face paint and all that stuff. And so uh, he's ready to fucking fight um, Lord Capulet. I don't know if he's drunk or high or what, but he's like, nah, take it easy, take it easy. Don't do too much. Like, this is my party. Don't fuck it up. Um and Tybalt's like, I'm going to get that ass one day. And <laughs> <laughs> let it be known, I will fuck you up one day. And so Romeo eventually finds Juliet because she's been dancing with with Paris, which I find hilarious because at one point Paris does this weird like dance and then he like, <laughs> he looks like such a brown noser. It's so ridiculous. And so he basically like, sneaks her off 
and they're just talking and he it's it's i mean they're just making out all over the place i'm like you bold bruh in your enemy's house with your enemy's daughter that you didn't realize it was your enemy's daughter until like you looked at the fucking i don't know you saw her mother maybe like what <laughs> i was like you dumb like this is this is this is um this is foreshadowing i feel like romeo you should have known like I would think I you assume... would know because you're the you're the son of like you're the firstborn. I think he's the only born. So like they're probably instilled in you. You're supposed to hate these people. And then she's the firstborn and the only born of this other house. So she should also know that she should hate you. But like everybody in these two people are the only ones to be like, Oh, I'm supposed to hate you? Ooh. Well that's not gonna work. Yeah, y'all should at least know what each other look like. Yeah, like you ain't got pictures of each other. <laughs> y'all ain't seen. <laughs> you ain't seen the news reports. I, I thought they taught y'all that at enemy school on the first day. Like, damn, like I should know. <laughs> yeah. These are the people <laughs> right here. <laughs> Ridiculous. And then. Uh, I feel like Romeo in the scene was very like, like he's talking about, you know, my lips are two pilgrims were effect. And it just felt very like, oh, you can't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's talking to her and she's like, well, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. I can't, re- I, I'm not reciting all this. So like, they're just going back and forth and it just felt very much like, oh, you can't have friends in energy. <laughs> And I I was like literally not like three hours ago were you like sobbing over this girl who don't like you. He was in, he was head over heels in love with Rosaline 30 minutes ago. When he dunked his head in that water, he was in love with Rosaline. And he thought he went to that party thinking he was going to see her. Yeah. That's why he was there. That was his whole motivation for being there. That's why he was in attendance at this party. And she wasn't even there, from what I remember. And now he's head over heels. <laughs> I was like, when I realized this, like, I feel like I don't remember which which viewing that it took. But I was like, wait, you're telling me that you ruined this child's life because you were like, oh wait, no, I have now set my sights on you, mm-hmm. Romeo, Romeo falls in love every week he's, he's one like, of those people you know he reminds me of he reminds me of, of sean hunter and like have you ever fallen in love he's like what five times a day or some shit mm-hmm. just like yep from one hour to the next like if julia hadn't been there who would you fall in love with whoever was standing in front of <laughs> whoever was standing in front of that fish tank she fell in love with her mama for all she knew good lord Molly had him turned. So, I mean, at this point, they're like sneaking around and like sneaking from floor to floor and like making out. And like the nurse is calling her and her mom is calling her. And then finally, they're about to leave the party. Like, people start leaving the party. I found this so fucking hilarious. When they had to collect their guns from, from the front, <laughs> security. It was like, oh, y'all, y'all are, y'all are a different type of wild. <laughs> like, 
This is a whole nother level. Okay. Everybody had to go get their guns from Kochek. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. So they're leaving, and Romeo is like, mm, should I? Should I? Should I? He's like, mm, never mind. And he hops out the back. He runs back or whatever. He sneaks over the fence, and he's... He about to break and enter into that heart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's in his enemy's house again. And um, I guess, you know, they have their whole, like, famous soliloquies here. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Yeah, and she's all like, oh, what's she talking about? He's got any of the other parts of a man. And I was like, Juliet, you just met him. Like, chill out. Like, you don't have to get, you don't have to get that far. And so, I guess she's talking about he's fine or whatever. In my 21st century brain, I'm like, okay, she talking about he's fine. And then, like, okay, cool. And then he scares the shit out of her. <laughs> and they fall into the pool. Every young white girl's favorite, you know, beloved scene is somebody falling into a pool and breaking <laughs> out of the pool. What is with them in that thing? I don't know. It's like a trope, too, of, like, teenagers being in a pool and sort of having a moment. I mean, the girls love that. I guess it's romantical. I I don't know. I grew up in Florida. For well, me, I, you know what's romantical? Okay. I'm worried. <laughs> no, I want to hear it. I want to hear it, but I'm just bracing myself. <laughs> I was about to say so. <laughs> Tell me, Brittany. I was going to say. Split in a bucket of spaghetti. Oh, Lady God. in a tramp style. Her in that damn it, bucket of spaghetti. Bucket no. of spaghetti. No, it's not okay. Bucket it's- of spaghetti. Ashley knows exactly what I'm talking about. It has to be that bucket. If you're on the internet and like we are, then you know what the fuck we're talking about. It it could also be a picture of spaghetti. Ugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just upset. <laughs> Let's split it. Let's split it. Let's split it. I don't know. Everybody loves this kind of ridiculousness of making out in a pool. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I lived in Florida for a while. So, like, pools are just kind of like, okay, cool. Like, it's a pool, like, whatever. But, I mean, I guess if you don't have access to a pool, then it's very, like, the it thing. (laughs) But, uh, you know, they're in this pool and they're basically, like, declaring their love for each other. And I was After like, what, 30 minutes? This has been maybe an hour <laughs> since. I would say, let's say four hours since Romeo was like, I would die for Rosaline. And then, you know, maybe three hours since they, since he took the Molly. <laughs> and maybe one hour since they saw each other. It's all happening really fast. Although apparently the novella that William Shakespeare like adapted this from, it happened over months. But like, we don't have time for that in a play. I'm glad that the novella had time to develop this relationship and it didn't I mean, occur it makes in one, sense. one business sense. week. This is less than a business week. 
a long weekend. I mean, this is like Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> this is like a lot. Yeah, this is like a nice, like, uh, like a Fourth of July weekend type of thing. Because uh, that was moving quick. I mean, I don't know if they really. Well, I mean, in his other plays, I feel like they happen over years and years and stuff. But like with this one, I think it's just kind of it's maybe more impactful that they fall in love so hard and so fast, and then like everything happening. Cause like I guess. I guess, you know, for people who be falling in love and stuff, like, that maybe is how it feels, where everything is just, like, really intense, really fast, which, I mean, with my sensibilities, that would be hell no. But for other people, that might be right up their alley. I don't really know his his motivation for making it super fast, because I think it's actually, like, four days. <laughs> just from, from beginning to end. Um... So they're, you know, they basically profess their love. I, when he said, y'all, you're going to leave me without satisfaction. I was like, Romeo, you whore. He was trying to. Uh, <laughs> which is why I don't think he wanted to really get married. But she was like, it's so, really, yeah, like we, we just get married. <laughs> and he was like, uh, okay, okay. just like oh, all right <laughs> i guess yeah she's like what else satisfaction could you get tonight and i was like juliet juliet come on now come come on sis like i don't know i'll be teaching you nothing i can tell but like at the same time girl you and the nurse we... don't be talking about shit <laughs> the way your no. mama moving y'all don't be talking about nothing but y'all know you see her moving dirty in this house <laughs> With your oh, cousin. That's so gross. So, oh, maybe they were on ecstasy too. Maybe there's a lot of drugs happening. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Ugh. Um, but yeah, so basically he's like, I'm going to send somebody. Um, I'm going to send word. And then, you know if you receive this word, like, we can get married or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's that's great. Y'all are just ruining yourselves like that. But I guess, you know, back then, what else y'all gonna do? Y'all not gonna have long courtships. I mean, like, we ain't got time for all this. Let's get this popping. So they are have promised to marry each other. And Romeo doesn't even go home. I don't know what. We never see Romeo's house. Do you realize that? It wasn't in the budget. Listen, and Baz Lerman loves a big ass budget. Because look at the get down. I was about to say, we seen the get down. We never talked about his other filmography because I've never seen Strictly Ballroom. I have seen I haven't Moulin either. Rouge. Have you? Do you think I've seen Moulin Rouge? Not Moulin Rouge, Strictly Ballroom. No, I haven't seen that. Okay. I think you've secretly seen Moulin Rouge because you have an image. I have not, but well, I have listened to the song. The soundtrack a bangs. lot. A lot. The soundtrack does bang. I mean, he's got fucking like David Bowie. He's got David Bowie covers. He's got Elton John covers. Um, somebody else is on there. It's a lot. It's actually really good. I think I think Baz Luhrmann is kind of like one of those. 
people who's kind of like Kenneth Branagh, where he's like not in the starring part, but he's like very involved with like you know the directing, the editing, the um, the soundtracks, and all that. Like he's very, very like a I, I hesitate to use like an an, an advertising term, but like a three sixty type of director, <laughs> where he's in all of it. You know, like he's very he's a part of the whole package. Um, for better or for worse, because, like, I love Moulin Rouge. Some people don't. I love it. Um, I did not like Australia because it's a very long movie. And I... The Great Gatsby could have been good. <laughs> it could have been good. And it I've seen wasn't. that one. No one really understands that book. Like, the actual purpose of that book. What do you mean? You mean I'm not supposed to want to be like? The Great Gatsby. You are not supposed to be like the Great Gatsby. You what do you mean? That that's not the point of the book. <laughs> There's like two lines in that book where he talks about like the rich get what did he say? The rich get richer and the poor get children. And I was like, ooh. And nobody's ever addressed any of that shit. <laughs> it's fucking any of these. I've seen the one with Robert Redford and I've seen the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was like, nope, y'all still keep getting it wrong. Also, it looked really cartoony. I was just talking to somebody about this, like, a couple weeks ago. For some reason, that movie looks really cartoony in a way that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I think it's the green screen. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be, like, like overindulgence. But I'm like, you're Baz Luhrmann. Like, you know how to make something look ridiculously over the top and, and rich as fuck. Like even yeah. like they're like Daisy and, and and whatever the fuck is saying the Buchanans, their house looks so ridiculous and I was like, who in digital effects needs to get fired? I was so disappointed in that. So very disappointed. But anyways, back to this movie. Romeo has not been home. He goes see his homeboy, uh, Father Lawrence, who is also. The funny part about this is that when he puts on his little shirt, his little like Montague shirt, but then he goes and put on his priest robes over it. You with the shits? I was like, you can't be banging with the set (laughs) (laughs) at church. He with it. (sighs) Throwing up gang signs (laughs) during mass. You can't do that shit. But basically. He's like um he's kind of not a apot because they actually go to apothecary, but he's kind of like an herbalist, I guess. Like he's really into plants and stuff. And um Romeo's like, oh yeah, I haven't been home. Fuck all that shit. Uh I've met a girl, and then the fa- father Lawrence is like, oh Rosaline. He's like, fuck that girl. <laughs> we off that. Well, fickle, fickle, fickle. So, <laughs> Father Lawrence is like, oh, okay, this is a hot mess, but you know what? We can work with this. You know why? Because maybe if y'all get married, y'all's union will end all this drama. Mm-hmm. And it's a very nice sentiment to have. Love the optimism, but it's a mistake. <laughs> Like, 
one thing that I want to say about the father and the nurse is that they too old to be aided in a bed in some teenage bullshit. Um, they... I mean, who else are you going to come to but your father? Like, in religiousness, not your real father. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to talk to you? I don't know if he has a... Does he even look like he has a good relationship with his parents? No. He he does not. He doesn't really like his parents. She doesn't really like her parents either. But I can see coming to them for advice. Not them. They don't, they're not going to be, they're like, oh, you like a. Not their father, like not their actual parents. Oh yeah. Okay. But like oh, the father like, and the nurse. I mean, Julia don't seem like she's allowed out of the house most of the time. So I feel like I understand why she asked the nurse because like she's not going to ask Tybalt and her mama crazy and <laughs> her daddy is her daddy and. I don't know. She don't got no friends from what I could tell. But some of the ideas pitched by the adults in the situation are like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is why, this I is wild. Like, the father was trying to do, like, a greater good situation because, like, who better to join these two warring factions but they're, you know, their offspring or whatever because they're I guess they're like heirs kind of mm-hmm. so like I mean Romeo's definitely an heir I don't know how that would work with Juliet I think that's why they're trying to marry her off so much she probably isn't the heir because you know yeah, yeah they weren't gonna pass them down to her they probably mad at mm-hmm. her because she's a girl yeah that ain't her fault no but <laughs> I mean, they could have just stayed at the business, but also, like, who else is going to help? They seem to be the only ones to be like, okay, like, let's make it happen. This could be, like, a good thing. Because I feel like if Romeo had come to his family or his friends or whatever, they'd be like, hell no. Nah. And then she don't have no, she don't have no girlfriends to talk to. So, of course, she's going to go to her nurse. Um... I don't know, was the nurse that's old in the movie? Or in the book? Or not the book. Whatever. The play? The nurse probably like 25 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess like they, you know, the nurse passes word to Juliet after some like hijinks or whatever. I was like, just if you don't tell this girl that she getting married, tell the girl already so we can just be done with it. Because she's like, oh, you don't know how to pick men, even though he's cute. And the nurse is right. I mean, young Leonardo DiCaprio, he did have a little son some. If we look at old Leonardo DiCaprio, you <laughs> might have some questions. Concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean Romeo in general, minus Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean he's flighty. He's a hot mess. If anybody had known about Rosaline, they would have been like, oh fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> if it had been me, if I had been the nurse and I had heard that he was just up you at 
you're at my house. You're at my you're at my people's house looking for another girl and you found my ward. No, you got it. You got to go. Okay, you got to get the fuck out. I would be like, okay, you have to exit the situation. Like, you have to exit now. Like, we, no. And even Juliet was like, okay, well, send word or like, fucking leave me alone. <laughs> Which I kind of like that about her. When she was like, okay, well, leave me to my grief if you're not going to be about it. And they basically, like, I mean, word has been sent. They get married. We can talk about uh, this kid who sings. Which I feel like this is the... Why was there always, like, a young black child, like, making, like, the soundtrack pop? Um, sometimes that's just what you gotta do. I mean, why does this remind me of, like, Sister Act 2? Like, the choir mm-hmm. of Sister Act 2? Does this remind you of that? Why is that the only soundtrack I could think of? Okay, I can see that. Maybe because it's church. I don't know. I'm trying to think of another soundtrack that was like very strongly anchored by a young voice. <laughs> but this totally like, I don't know. Did Prince give his blessing? I would assume he had to, but how did they get it? I Warner Brothers. Oh, is this a Warner Brothers thing? Let is this a Warner Brothers thing? Because if it is, that I might be a reason. But I think he also said that he, this kid who is um, named Quindon Tarver, I think he mm-hmm. said that he was invited to like a Prince like tribute. Mm-hmm. Probably ba- like after Prince died. And I was like, okay, well, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to. I don't know if they've ever had. I never. I don't know if they ever had like a one-on-one conversation or anything like that. But um, yeah. Now I'm wondering if like Prince is like, man, fuck them. But <laughs> he does like in the church during the wedding. He sings "When Doves Cry" with a very good version of "When Doves Cry." Oh, it's Capitol Records. I don't know if Capitol Records is a part of anything. You know how the labels just be folding into each other or whatever. It's hard to do a Prince cover. It is very hard to do a Prince cover. Not everybody is built for it. I personally have not heard any that I really like. Um, I may have heard like a couple. Let me not lie. But like, it's just not somebody that you just go put your finger in the book and be like, here, I'm going to sing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sing this one. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty good one, though. Mm-hmm. And they get married. And that boxy ass suit. In secret. That suit was ugly. I hated it. It's it like the 90s. It was like too big for him. I wonder if that was on purpose. It was like very boxy. And he had little flowers on the tie. Which everybody knows. I think it's supposed to be like a call to his family or whatever. But also kind of looked like somebody who just was like too young to be getting married. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess I can wear this. We didn't That's what it reminded like, me of. It reminded me of like a I'm, child I'm not, wearing like. Big, big, like like an adult man's clothes. Yes. Like I'm in my big boy clothes or whatever, but not really. Mm-hmm. 
Can we talk about how Jesse Bradford was also his servant? <laughs> his little cousin, Balthazar. <laughs> Balthazar sounds well, like a wizard. <laughs> Balthazar. <laughs> oh, Balthazar sounds like a wizard. Like an evil wizard. His little cousin, Balthazar. It's a very intense name for some like someone who looks like Jesse Bradford. <laughs> He's one of the witnesses. I think he's one of the witnesses, and then the nurse is the other witness. And um, the priest is like, yo, shit might get violent, but that's okay. <laughs> We've got this beautiful union or whatever. At least I think that's what he's talking about. All I can think about when somebody says these violent delights have violent ends is Westworld. Is Westworld. That, that fucking ruined it for me. <laughs> Them goddamn robots ruined it for me. Goddamn Dolores and and, uh, and and what's her dad's name? Fucking Abernathy. What's his name? John uh, I forget. I don't know. I know he's the Abernathy, <laughs> but yeah, he remember he was broken. He gone now. I don't even. I had never. I watched like the first two episodes and I realized that Kid Cudi was um a memory, and I was like, okay, y'all done fooled me for the last time. I won't be. Y'all won't do me like this. They got me. <laughs> Did you watch the whole thing? I haven't. I, I haven't really bad, actually. I've missed, like, a lot of shows. I finished the entire season. I'm all caught up, up to date with everything. They got me. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> well, basically, the prince, or not the prince, the priest is like, okay, y'all are married. Enjoy. And then... I don't know where Juliet goes, but, like, we cut to a scene with, like, Mercutio and Benvolio. Slap fighting on the beach. Yeah, I mean, just doing, like, kid shit. And I don't really... (laughs) They're just talking shit, I guess. Even though Benvolio's like, uh, I'm, like, really worried because, like, if the Capulets show up, like, it's going down and who knows what's about to happen. Like, I don't think we're about to avoid... Like a fight, he don't want to fight anybody no more. Um, and I think they don't they see Romeo at one point. Mm-hmm. He I show up like, at the beach. They start roughhousing, you know. But he's like, "Are you gonna come to your father's house?" Oh, that was before they got married. But he's like, "Are you gonna come to your father's house?" And I feel like he was kind of like feeling kind of shut out in a very like. I, they don't really know what's going on. Like, none of them really know what's going on with him or whatever. But, like, he almost feels like he kind of got pushed to the side. He was a little, he was a little in his feelings about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. But no matter. Um, the Capulets show up. Tybalt's like, uh, aren't you friends with Romeo or what? <laughs> And, I don't know, like, Rikishio is not the right person. I mean, them two together, like, somebody was definitely going to get shot at. <laughs> because Rikishio plays too much. Mm-hmm. Also, he was like, I don't give a fuck if they show up. <laughs> Basically, he's like, let them come. Run up. They going to get done up. Yeah, I mean, he got done up. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> It was a nice sentiment. So, Romeo shows up in the middle of them fighting or whatever. 
because he's excited. I guess he wants to tell Rikisha, like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm booed up. And um, it does not go well. And he won't fight Tybalt because they're family, but, like, Tybalt don't know that. And then Romeo ain't speaking fast enough for nobody to know that. A lot of times, in sh- I feel like in Shakespeare's, like, plays and stuff, like, a lot of things would be solved if somebody would just speak the fuck up. If you could be like, hey, 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 wait, 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 <laughs> don't I just me. married wait. your little cousin, please don't shoot me. <laughs> don't hit me in the oh, wait, face. Wait, he would have got super shot. He would have got super shot. Oh, no, that was been like, that would have been the kill shot. <laughs> <laughs> there would have been no speaking, no reasoning. Hell no. You did what? You showed up in my house and you married my cousin? And he said, wait, I married your little cousin earlier. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh. Play would end it right then and there. Oh, he would have been a dead man. <laughs> but like, like, Romeo isn't fighting back. And then Mercutio is like, fuck this. And then they get into it. And Romeo still hasn't said, like, what the issue is or what the deal is, why he won't fight back. And then I don't even remember, like, how they, how this even happens, but Tibble, not Tibble, Mercutio catches, like, a knife to the belly? Romeo pushes, Romeo pushes Tibble out of the way. He lands on, like, a picture frame with glass in it. Um, and the glass breaks and uh, Tibble grabs the glass like a shard of it and cuts Mercutio. You know, the fucked up thing is like, we got guns and here we are playing with glass. Mm-hmm. Cause then they take all them bullets out. Just, they left one just for Romeo. <laughs> like didn't ever take all the bullets out. I feel like he did. I can't remember. I have to go back and look at that scene again, but it felt very purposeful. And then here you go. You you get got by a shard of glass, which I mean, I'm sure in the 1600s would have got your ass. Like, at this one, I was like, listen, take your ass to the hospital. I felt like, hey, that looks like a superficial scar. Like, you good? Yeah. But then, he, I don't he, know. He was I'm like, no doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no neosporin can fix that. <laughs> I was like, hey, cut off your shirt and just wrap it up. But <laughs> I know, I'm like, get in the car and drive, run away. It was like, that one guy was running around mm-hmm. with his arm. I felt like he was bandaged. But Mercutio just got straight shot and he was like, oh, y'all made worms meat of me. And he was like, basically like, fuck both y'all and the clicks that y'all claim. <laughs> A mm. plague on both y'all houses. I feel like that phrase turns up a lot of places, too. What, a plague on both your houses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always hear a pox on you, too. I don't know if that's a Shakespearean thing. It feels like it. But, yeah, definitely a plague on both your houses. I mean, like, what the hell? Like, he's sitting there. And I don't think... I was looking through the... I was looking through, like, the characters, like, in the original play or whatever, and, like, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but, like, he is, um, is a cousin of Paris. Mm. 
so he's he's technically not in the Montague house, but he is aligned with them in some way. Like he's a good friend still, which is kind of odd. Um, like, why didn't they have like a little family get together in this play? I don't know. They should have between like the police chief in Paris and and Paul Red looking like the. <laughs> The odd man out. <laughs> <laughs> the one random white cousin you just happen to have in a family because somebody <laughs> married somebody. <laughs> it be like that. You know, it do be like that. I have I have been a witness. So like <laughs> So they just left him in the sand, which also was like this real Like y'all not gonna put him in a car somewhere. Mm. Mm. You're just gonna let him die in die on the beach? Like that's that's not right. And Romeo goes screaming off in his nice little car, and he goes and corners Tybalt. And that was very violent. Like it was very violent, and he was like, "Um, I mean, you know what? Like either you go or I go or we both go. Like basically, I'll kill us all in this bitch." <laughs> Which I thought was very interesting because when until Romeo had pulled out his gun, I was like, he don't look like he could fight. He don't look like he do fight. He was very, very enraged at the loss of his best friend. And he caused a I mean grief will make you do some things. Major, major accident. Yeah, he shoots Tybalt at the foot of some Jesus statue. Mm-hmm. And that's when shit goes left. <laughs> shit goes absolutely left. Uh, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. We got, he got to get the fuck out. And there's a whole confusion. And the chief of police is like, listen, I don't have time for this shit. You are banned. You are banished to someone, I guess, Mantua, which is actually in the play. I don't really know where Mantua is supposed to be in this situation. Like, it's in the desert somewhere. Yeah. He has a little, like, trailer. He does have a little trailer. He's like, I don't want to go. The priest is like, here, we're going to, like, listen, go see Juliet, square everything away, and then you go, and we're just going to, like, make sure, like, once everything's cooled down and fine, then, like, you can come back. Um, And then, like, I guess him and Juliet spend the night together. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to them both. He shouldn't tell her that, uh... He's responsible for her cousin's death, though. Yeah, also, too, she's sad. She's like, why did Tybalt die? Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. And she said uh, the maid catches them when he's, like, getting dressed or whatever. You see how she looked at him? I was like, you gotta leave these children alone. Oh, because the mom is like boxes. the mom is like your mama finna come <laughs> y'all gonna have to wrap it up wrap that shit up and he like runs out or whatever cause she's like hey so let me tell you something you getting married um which I think made it sound like it was a week from then but it was actually like the next day <laughs> like you're getting married tomorrow and basically if you don't get married um we are disowning you mhm we all know where you're going to go, but you got to get the fuck up out of here. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, 
And I didn't realize that maybe like the first few times I watched it. So like when Juliet shows up to Father Lawrence's and she got that gun and she's like, I will end it now. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. I get it. I see. I see. <laughs> I see the motivation because before I was like, God, like how are you suicidal over this boy? Y'all met yesterday. The day before yesterday? Oh, Lord. Things move so quickly in Verona Beach. Lots of ha- lots of things are happening. So, uh, this is when Father Lawrence fucks up again. Fuck up number two, three, I don't know. Uh, he gives her, like, a weird, like, herb that she has to take that'll make her basically like she's dead. Like, she'll stop breathing and she won't move for, like, a full 24 hours. They're gonna have a giant funeral for her. <laughs> So she doesn't have to get married to Paris. And um, when she wakes up, Romeo will come back. Like, it'll all be good. And then you can, like, run away and be happily ever after. Um, And then he's like, I'll send a letter to Romeo. (laughs) And this is when I was like, Romeo, if I could reach the screen and beat your ass. He sends him, like, a really important, like, you know, an overnight mail. Who knows how much that cost back then in the 90s. It damn sure costs too much now. And it's via, like, post-haste mail carrier, which I thought was so cute. <laughs> I thought that was adorable. But he writes to Ma- uh, to Romeo and was like, yeah, so your girl's, like, half dead. Or- She's not really dead, but, like, you know, she did. And Romeo does not answer the fucking mail carrier knock. So they leave like, oh, we tried to get you, but you weren't here. And I was like, you don't, don't tell me this is because you didn't answer your mail. Like you didn't check your mail. Mm-hmm. Like you're an idiot that you didn't check your mail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me who be hovering by the mailbox for all kinds of stuff. Mm-mm. I was like, no, this is this is prime stupidity. So the problem is. They have this giant funeral for for Juliet. It's beautiful. Um, I definitely want a million and one candles and neon lights and shit at my funeral. Um, really do up the thing. Like, don't let me don't let me go out with some basic shit. Like, really, really go all out because this is beautiful. I don't know how they lit all them candles. It was like a million candles. Like Everywhere, all over the place, all over her, all over the over the bed, because she's just laying there. She's not like in a casket or whatever. And um, it's beautiful, like it's really, really great. And so Balthazar shows up, and he's like, "Oh shit, she did." So let me go tell my boy that she did. He goes, Romeo steps on the <laughs> on the we tried to catch you letter or the little sticker from like the mail carrier and he was like yeah so um I went by happened to peep in Julia is dead sorry bruh shit sucks <laughs> shit sucks he don't give him no kind of like oh like what we gonna do so Romeo was like okay well fuck this and just <laughs> drives back to Verona Beach and is being pursued <laughs> by the police. <laughs> At one point, does he kill Paris? 
He takes someone hostage, not takes someone hostage, but he's like pointing a gun at somebody. And it's basically, I'll do it. Don't play with me. Which I can't remember. In the play, it's Paris, which is so weird. I don't remember that in any version I've ever heard of. Like, they, like, Paris thinks that he is coming to vandalize, um, like, the funeral. Because they just kind of got laid out, laid out on this bed. I don't know how long they were going to keep her there. But I think he assumed that she was going, like... Romeo was there to vandalize it because I guess because she's a Capulet because I don't think he's he don't really he hasn't really caught up on any of the news either and like Romeo and him fight and he kills Paris but I don't think this happened in the movie I don't remember a dead Paul Rudd (laughs) I don't I don't think I don't think so. He just but basically goes to the church. He's, he's, he's like, I will fucking pop this person. I don't know who it was, though. But he was like, basically, don't play with me. It's like, oh, God. And he got police helicopters everywhere. And he goes in, he walks and he sees Juliet. And he was like, oh, no. And all this. And then this is like the worst. I Shakespeare should really come back from the dead to atone for this because I feel like everybody uses this now where it's like, like, you, ooh, you two ships passing in the night. <laughs> it, it causes me so much distress. Yeah, so Romeo has... Where art thou? He sees this girl, his wife, wifey, dead with all the candles yeah, fire hazard and extreme fire hazard bro. he is upset like rightfully so like he didn't answer the mail he don't know what's going on and he just no, that's his own fault he's like oh no what what am i gonna do and he decides that he's gonna drink poison um so he oh yeah he stopped by the apothecary and he drinks the poison. And as soon, as soon as he takes that last little sippy sip, um, Juliet wakes up like, hey, babe. <laughs> like, right when, like, he's dying and she wakes up. Like, so he sees her as he's dying. And I was like, are you fucking with me? I know he is like, fuck. <laughs> This is, I know, because you can't do nothing. Because the guy was like, oh, if, like, 20 men, if you had the strength of, like, 20 men or something like this, like, this would knock your ass out, basically. And, you know, Romeo don't got the strength of 20 men. So, I mean, it was, like, instantaneous. Yeah, it was super poison. Yeah. <laughs> super poison, like a big old, like a big old skull and crossbones mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, fuck. I just lost my man. Like, I guess he thought I was dead. My family thinks I'm dead. Um, uh, what am I gonna do? <laughs> you ain't. Then she talking to Romeo as he's dying. Like, bruh, you ain't saved me no poison. <laughs> like, I can't even get a little sip <laughs> from your lip. Um, uh, what is we gonna do? Oh yeah, she kissed him. 
Yeah, she kissed him trying to get some off. You know what I'm just remembering? Remember that version of the Proud, uh, the Proud Family where they did Romeo and Juliet, but it was like her and like, I feel like her, the guy was Chinese? I, I can't remember what the, her Romeo was, uh, ethnicity was. I do not remember. I can't remember. I'm so sorry. I do not have the Disney Plus plugs. I can't help y'all out. But I just remember that because he's like, with a kiss, I die. <laughs> with that rap. Remember the rap at the end? They did a rap? Oh, my God. You don't remember this? I remember this episode so fucking clearly. I miss this one. Oh, my God. So they do Romeo and Juliet. And... They also are like falling for each other, like Penny and um, I think his name was Quack. His name was Quack. And they, like, his parents didn't want them to be together. And Oscar was like, What the fuck is your problem? But, like, because he thought they were racist. <laughs> so, like, it was a hot mess. But then they had, like, a little, like, um, they had, like, a rap at the end. Oh. And I was like, This is. This is ridiculous, but I loved it. <laughs> I just watched it. The episode came on like so many times. So that's my other. Uh, uh, so we got the 1966 version. We got this version. We got Romeo Must Die, which is really like a very, 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 very loose version. I forgot about Romeo Must this. Die. Damn. Yeah, we need to talk about this. We're black. We should talk about that too. And then like, <laughs> and then the Proud Family version. So I got four. Four in the chamber. Um... So yeah, they um she commits suicide because she's like, well, fuck it. I was like, you. Well, I mean, like if she had come back from the dead, she would have married this man for real, for real. But she didn't want to. I mean, yeah, she doesn't have anywhere to go. She can't just tiptoe out. Um. Yeah, I mean, you gotta think about it. You're a woman. It's like what the 1500s, 1600s. I don't remember. And um, like, what are you going to do? Your family is disowning you if you don't get married to this man. This man is kind of garbage. You don't really like him. You don't seem to have any friends. You have no education, I'm assuming. Yeah. You don't really know how to do anything because you've been living with your nurse for like your entire life. Like, you're stuck. The longer I think about this, the more I'm like, okay, girl. Not that I'm going to condone it, but like I can see where you were kind of in a... You know, between a rock and a hard place. But the more she lost the love of her life. Yeah, also she lost more. Yeah, she did. Ashley's weighing other stuff out. <laughs> like, well, she, I mean, this, know, I this, really this, but. <laughs> I mean, I don't really, you know, you know, like. Ashley's like, okay. you know what? X, Y, Z. So, <laughs> but she lost the love of her I mean, life. Yay. <laughs> she lost the love of her life <laughs> based on a grudge for her fam- like her a family grudge. Yeah, that nobody still has ever explained the the deal. Like what's the deal? Which I think like this was actually like a real group of like people fighting or whatever. Yeah. So it happens. I mean, it happened, but, like, it's, like, the Hatfields and McCoys, like, you know, or what other good feuds are there? 
long lasting centuries long feuds are there that we can pull from mm. but you know like we never know and then at one point it gets to a point where you're just like I mean can we just squ- like can we just squash it because I'm over it but at the same time I, I mean I I um I'm no stranger to holding a grudge <laughs> But, like, I mean, it ruined these two kids' lives, even though Romeo kind of ruined everybody's life. Romeo did a lot. Bless. Bless him. Bless that soul. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, I guess Chief of Police was like, yeah, they, you know, shit was fucked up. It's all y'all's fault because y'all won't stop fighting each other in my damn city, like I said. Yeah. And he was like, this madness has to end like a high school like principal. Um, Didn't he feel like he felt like my high school principal? Mm-hmm. Where has this man been in? Because I've seen him. And he was just in The Sopranos for like an episode. Who? His name is Vondi Curtis. Hall. Yeah, he was in like Coming to America. He's uh, married to um, Cassie Lemons. I don't remember his character in Coming to America. He when they went to um when um they went to the Knicks game. This is the Knicks, and he is like like the vendor, and he recognizes the friends. I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah. Again, I haven't watched Coming to America in a long time. I'm looking at his filmography. He's been a ton of stuff. He's been a lot of stuff. I don't even know. He was in Eve's Bayou, and I just watched that, and I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like he's yeah. His wife directed it. See. I feel like he's one of those guys that you always see mm-hmm. in stuff. Like he just shows up. Why is that like for me? Like and like, there's a ton of black. Wait, that you just wait. Let me make sure show. I'm right, cause wait. He was also in Daredevil, which I don't remember, really remember what he looked like in that, but apparently he was. He directed he Glitter. Daredevil. He directed which Glitter. One? Oh, she directed Glitter. No, he did. No. No, he did. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. No, that's. She directed East no, Bayou. He directed Glitter. No, that sounds right. Wrong. That's no, that sounds wrong. That's right. No, yeah, it's right because we talked about glitter. No, we did. Yeah, but I thought. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wasn't a woman just a girl? No. No. Wait. A woman. No. No. You talking about Mariah Carey's glitter? Yeah. You didn't know Lies. that's who it was actually. You didn't know who that. You didn't say that when we did. I didn't say it because I thought you knew. <laughs> I thought you knew who it was. No, when we do the when we do the opening, I don't remember you saying that. Maybe I thought you were talking about somebody else. I thought you knew who it was, but yeah. Well, this is funny. This is a turn of events. Oh yeah, he directed Glitter. You know what? Because I remember the writer of the story wrote Holiday Heart. Mm-hmm. And that was a t- an interesting fact that we learned. 
Well, I have been shook up today. I am wet. <laughs> I'm wet. This is insane. Um, <laughs> I did not realize you were serious. Sometimes I had to question Brittany. No, I serious. that wasn't. <laughs> that was me. Because sometimes Brittany be. Brittany is a, a I play too much type of person, so sometimes I'll be like, no, let me do the car facts because like I I would like to know the facts and the figures because <laughs> Brittany because Brittany plays too much. So I learned something today. Um, I didn't know that was what happened. So that's interesting. So okay, well, I mean, usually I was going to say everybody died. Not everybody died. A fair number of people. Um. Met their untimely ends because of miscommunications and bullshit. Mm-hmm. My favorite. Um, you know what I really wanted to say? Uh, did you look at the background of one of the scenes where, like, they were... It was at the pool hall. It was the Globe Theater. I was like, look at you being clever. They had, like, I looked up, like, some trivia on IMDb. And they had like a lot of those kind of things around, like the billboards would say like quotes from the play, and um, I love Lamore things like that around um, the city, which I thought was unique. I love the production design behind this. I think it's very, very intense, yet I guess like appropriate. But all of his movies, I feel like, are like that. There's always so much to look at, which is also funny because I was like trying to get pictures of stuff, and I was like, I was finding like the same five pictures from this movie, and I was getting so frustrated. I was getting extremely frustrated. So, are we recommending this to the girls and um, others that listen to this? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you, unless you a high school English teacher, you may or may not know what's going on with the dialogue. You might have to get the Sparks Notes, Sparks Notes Twitter to help you understand what's going on. But it's worth it. I always feel like when I watch something that's like set really far back in time like this is or like has very old timey language, I kind of have to put it into like a weird super modern day perspective like especially like period pieces like the um like the super like corset big gown petticoat period pieces where I'm like okay so this man is the raggedy one (laughs) and this man ain't shit (laughs) and like you almost have to kind of cast it like a Jerry Springer production (laughs) Where you got your cast of characters and you don't really know what the hell is happening, but like this is what's going down. That always helps me. It's not really fun to just sit there and like, you know, if you think of like Wuthering, like I guess, like a Bronte or Wuthering Heights or some shit, and like you're like, oh, this is. I mean, nobody cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> me in 2020 does not care, but like if you put it to something that I can get, um, maybe more of a situation that I can understand that makes it seem a little bit more relatable, then it's a lot more fun to to watch. And I think this is pretty good. Um, I mean, in comparison to all the other Romeo and Juliet's out there, like, you want to watch swords or you want to watch people gunfights? 
Yeah, and also, like, at its time, like, when this stuff was popular, like, when it was created, Shakespearean plays weren't high art. It was, like, going to see Fast and the Furious. Like, that's okay, what it okay, was. Okay. okay. No, like... I'm insulted. For real, like, that's <laughs> what it was. Like, if you read the text of the play, a lot of the plays have, like, sex jokes in them. Like, they weren't high art. They didn't become high art until later. Um. Yeah, I saw, I saw that Baz Luhrmann said that. I, I feel like he wanted to do this because he was like, I wanted to try to do it, like, imagine it, how Shakespeare would kind of try to envision it because he had to be so over the top with his writing because he's competing with, like, I guess, like, brothels and, like, bear baiting. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Um, so you got to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you got a play that takes for goddamn ever or you got a play that wraps it up in four days then okay i, I see um and they're like you know a bunch of people die and and stuff like i see it but i don't remember i don't know when like the transition into high art happened we would have to become scholars to figure that out but i'm not a scholar i'm i won't be i won't be doing any of that but like <laughs> i know um i like this too because like i feel like the 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 language is always the barrier for a lot of people with Shakespeare and other things and not like I'm some sort of like Shakespearean like nut like I I told you I already know really like Hamlet like that's that was really my jam but like I feel like for a lot of people like I don't want to why would I want to watch a Shakespearean anything like I don't know what them people are talking about which I think is why there's so many like adaptations and stuff because you can constantly reinvent it for like a new generation of people. Like it's always going to be kind of like, oh shit, that's crazy. And it won't get old, which is kind of amazing to think about. Because whole empires have risen and fallen in the time that we've been talking about this damn, this damn play. Mm-hmm. Talk about standing the test of time. Mm-hmm. So... We're both on the same page with like recommending this. Like, yeah. Like I would I would recommend it. Um if you're only in it for the aesthetic, I definitely recommend uh-huh. it. It's worth it. For sure. Um so with this like with the movies that we pick for this month, for recommendations for this month, what movies do you think um going along with the theme of Movies that have, like, a really great, like, costuming or um, production that really tell a nice story um, or have, like, a great sense of style, I guess. Like, what movies do you think would fit into that that you would recommend to our listeners? I mean, usually when when the costumes are great, the story is, like, okay. (laughs) And so that kind of makes it a little difficult. Um, and I've talked about a few on Twitter. I mean, I really like Eiko Ishioka's work. Um, she designed for um, 
Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is, I don't like that movie, but the costumes are great. <laughs> That's the thing. Costumes are fantastic. The story, I don't know what the fuck was happening. Uh, and then I love her work with Tarsim. So like The Cell, another very visually arresting movie, great costumes. And also The Fall. The Fall is my favorite. Um, that story is kind of a little shaky. I feel like Tarsim, Tarsim's really good because he's like a commercial director. So he's really good at like arresting visuals because you have to be when you're like directing something that's supposed to be on someone's mind for 30 seconds or whatever. But um, yeah, that storyline kind of falls in a weird where like you're like, oh, okay, I'm with you. Oh, no, we've we've slipped and fell. So um, I mean, I I like those movies. Like, I really love The Fall. I feel like costumes and story. I've already said the favorite before. I'm trying to think. I when you say costumes, I always think of like super big period pieces, and I'm trying to think of something that's a little bit more contemporary. But I don't really know many. I'm trying to think of something that's been made like in the last like ten years or so, and I'm struggling. Let me think. I mean, you know, I just thought of something horrible. <laughs> I just thought of sh- <laughs> showgirls. <laughs> Is it horrible? Yes, Brittany, it is. Is it? Is it really horrible? <laughs> no, because the story was there, but they went off on a tangent. The story should have been freaking, what is her name? What was her name? Na- Naomi? It was Naomi. Nomi. Nomi. She, when she was uh hailing a ride or hitching a ride at the end of the movie and she looked very dangerous and i was like oh she could be like an assassin but you know what y'all didn't do it because y'all lack taste hmm. and i was very disappointed hmm. that should have happened yeah also can i just throw charlie's angels in there i'm sorry i really like the costumes from there i wanted all of them outfits when i was like 11 Ooh, also the fifth element. That's a good one. That's fantastic. And all those are by Gaultier. Like, for me, like, I would recommend, like, a movie that I feel like the costuming and product, like, costuming, set design, is really great and it aids in bringing you into this world and telling the story of the characters and everything is Beetlejuice. Um, okay. Um, Tim Burton does a really good job in most of his movies. Like, They are very stylized. We don't want to give him any because he don't want to put black people. Yeah, like it's one of those people. I'm like, you probably don't need any black people in your movies. Yeah, probably shouldn't. You're not the you're not the correct steward. of black people on film. He is (laughs) a character. Like he's a creator that like. Do you really? Do you really want that? But with Beetlejuice, so many black people people love Tim Burton. That's the thing. It kind of hurt her feelings. 
Yeah, because I fucks with Tim Burton. Like, Batman 89? Batman returns with bitch Catwoman Selena Cat. Ooh, when she makes... When she makes a costume and you see her in the costume, that costume—oh, that costume! When she hell here, hello there to hell here. He's a very—he's a very. I feel like he's another one that's like it's all like a story, aesthetic, story, directing, all that. It's all like he's very a part of it. Like I don't think you would ever. There's not even like one Tim Burton movie. I was like, this is a Tim Burton movie, which is like Big Fish. I was like, what? This is a big, who? (laughs) Like, but other than that, all his other movies, like they feel like him for better or for worse because like, I'm like, damn, Timothy, how many times are you just going to put yourself in the motherfucking story? Yeah. He, he knows who he is as a filmmaker and knows what he wants. And it, he is uncompromising for better or for worse. It works to a certain degree. But I would I would recommend like Beetlejuice. I, I would I would recommend checking out str- Beetlejuice. Are you are you struggling? I would recommend not to recommend. No, it. I would recommend checking out Beetlejuice. Okay, you seem like you're struggling over there. I'm struggling for other reasons. Um, but yeah. Okay. Or that's my recommendation is Beetlejuice by Tim Burton because Tim Burton, Tim Burton aside, but he does a good job in realizing his worlds that he creates. And I feel like Beetlejuice is one that definitely is a very strong example of that because another one i'm not going to recommend for other reasons is still a strong world but we're not going to go there so yeah which one is it tell us it, tell the people you can't do that the other one is edward scissor hands but we can't do that uh, now yeah Mm-mm. no no thank well, you I'm telling, when i'm telling you when i watched it i was like did she just give him a lap dance no, like, like when the lady, the lady, when she gave him the little redhead lady, and I was like, this man has scissors for hands. <laughs> he has scissors, not even regular scissors. These are like rusty shears <laughs> for hands. What's going on? What's going on there? I was like, I do not remember this. I was like, you are not throwing ass at a guy. <laughs> You were throwing ass at a guy with hand, scissors for hands. Yeah. I forgot Tim Burton made Dumbo. <laughs> Did you know that? I forgot. I forgot too. I was trying to see because you know what? He kind of fell off around the same time he did Alice in Wonderland and Dark Shadows. Mm. So I was just trying to see what else he had done since then, because um, Alice in Wonderland was awful. So, <laughs> uh. um, okay. Well, the next movie we're gonna do is Marie Antoinette, another pick of Britney's. I can't wait till we discuss. I need to watch it. Um, it's sitting on my dresser right now. Uh, this is definitely more of like a traditional period piece. Lots of costumes, lots of big dresses. 
Uh, it should be interesting. Lots of wigs. Can't wait to see Tom Hardy in his wig. Tom Hardy's in it? Yeah, he's like one of her party goers. Oh. Like way long time. Like he's barely in it. He's only in that one scene, but somehow everybody knows he's in it. So I'm going to actually look for him in this because I'm like, well, I should be able to spot the lips from a mile away. But like, I don't ever remember seeing him. I don't even know if he has a speaking role. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, but he looks pretty good in this wig. He looks very, very chill. He's very into it. I don't, it's the one where they're guessing people's names or whatever. Where he's got, like, the, they got the things on their foreheads. They're guessing, like, people. He's literally barely in it. But, I mean, you know, the wig looked good. Yeah. And, I mean, Tom has never said, you know, he's never said no to a heel, from what I remember <laughs> reading in interviews. It's like, yeah, wait. Even though, really, it's not about him. It's about two crazy kids getting married. They don't know each other. They're not ready to rule. And all of a sudden, they have to. Ooh. This should be fun. So interesting. This should. And also, I get to tell everybody about my time at Versailles, which I said I was never going to talk about going to France again. But clearly, I have another time. I have another opportunity to talk about it. I can't wait. All right. Anything else we got? Do you want to say anything? Oh, we should say where we are. Um, yep. You guys can follow us on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at Black Girl Film Club. Um, on you could um check out our site at blackgirlfilmclub.com. If you have any like questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. You can always check us out on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or anywhere you listen to the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I believe that is all. And that is it. So that is all. We don't have any um, announcements or any of that either. No. Yeah. Don't bite your it's thumb at people. Don't cause a ruckus. Yeah. Don't start fights unless you're ready to finish them. Mm-hmm. Okay. By any means necessary. Yes. Don't be like Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Don't start none. Won't the be none. That- it's so weird to think that Jamie Kennedy was like, oh, yeah, I totally want to be in a Shakespearean thing. What is Jamie Kennedy up to nowadays? Oh, Lord. But thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Remember when we found out he was tall? That was a weird oh, time. Oh, God, was, uh... please don't. I forgot that. Don't bring that back up. Oh, God. Remember the Jamie Kennedy experiment? Yes. Wow. All right. We should cut this short. It's going to get dark. All right. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye, everyone. See you later.